Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Hi, Gamon Asado, Tamema Farnay, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Argentina are world champions after a final for the ages. It's Monday, 19th of December. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. I'm Pete Johnson. And I'm Eddie Russell. Nora, everybody. <laughs> Did you see that? If you want me to tell you how I feel about this match, I haven't got a bloody clue. I can't remember any of it. There was too much stuff going on. We need for a final, we just yeah. need two events. We do. Right? But we had about 15 of the fuckers. It yeah. was crazy. It, I, I, I think it ended 3 all. It ended 3 all, <laughs> and then Argentina won 4 2 on penalties. Yeah. That I can remember. Yeah. My goodness, they're world champions for the third time. It's been a while since 1986. Yeah, uh, a while. Course. I'd love that to be a while. <laughs> <laughs> Just a while. Oh, my goodness. Incredible. I, I did be almost speechless. Not yeah. speechless, because that would be ridiculous for a podcast, of course. But Jim Campbell, is that the greatest? I mean, it's the greatest World Cup final, surely. Yeah, I think so. Um, Certainly of the modern era, but I think ever. Yeah. But, I mean, you could argue, in terms of drama, one of the best games you've ever seen. Absolutely one of the best games I've ever seen. And I think what you need when you're kind of, you're making those assessments is the stakes need to be high. There mm. needs to be a lot of moments of drama. And you, you need outside context and narrative. And the fact that, you know, Argentina have this thing about their national character, right? Where, yes. they, where they, they need to win against the odds. They mm-hmm. see themselves mm-hmm. as underdogs on a world stage and, and just in general. And then, you know, they're cruising. It looks really it's comfortable. Like Brazil, it's easy they? to forget <laughs> how dominant they were. They yes. looked so much better than France. They were yeah. then, then obviously they get that penalty. We'll come on to that later. France it's, get the penalty. France get the yeah. penalty, yeah. And then Messi loses the ball. It's yeah. Messi who loses right. the ball. It could have been and, and 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 then Mbappe gets the equaliser. The guy who's essentially going to be his successor, who's already got a World Cup. The one thing that's eluded him. And you're thinking, oh God, 
it's gone. <laughs> and it, like th- this is what's going to define him. And then, no, mm. it's him that turns it around again. And you've got these two absolutely box office players. I mean, the game was a real display of, of elite football, of course, but you've got these two players at the top of their game, essentially the peak of, of human ability uh, when it comes to sport. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think it's dramatic to, to state that. And they both deliver in mm-hmm. the most explosive way. They both gave everything they possibly could. There's no sense of what could have been for either player. Obviously, there is for Mbappe in terms of him lifting the trophy again. But, you know, he scored three penalties. Well, he scored both his penalties. He, well, he, uh, well, he scored three, three penalties. Yeah. Of course, he scored three penalties. He buried that chance brilliantly. He, he gave so, so much. There's, there's no sense that he let it slip away from him. It is just... Everything delivered in the most spectacular fashion. Mm. Andy, he's, he, Jim's right there, isn't he? I mean, it was it was an extraordinary event. Argentina have been the team of this tournament, the passion and all that we talk about. To see them per- performing like that and lifting the trophy in front of essentially the, the home crowd, really, I mean, the, the supporters travel on mass. It was an incredible occasion. Yeah, and I think it was a good reminder that great sport is imperfect i think the fact that it, <laughs> it, it was a game full of flaws and mistakes and one of the teams that didn't turn up for 70 plus minutes i, I think that, <laughs> that that all really added to it um but in terms of argentina they kind of played to type didn't they they did mm. exactly the same thing that they did against australia and against the netherlands in that they dominated a, a huge part of the game and then all of a sudden they were staring down the barrel of having it taken all away from them and Mm. they came the closest yet I guess to having it all taken away from them because if you compare I suppose the most intense game up until this point would have been the Netherlands quarter final once Veghorst got his equaliser that was incredibly dramatic but it never felt like the Dutch were going to go on from there it felt like they spent themselves getting there Mm -hmm. whereas Bobos. France, like, like <laughs> France, remarkably just found another level, a level that looked completely beyond them for for seventy minutes. I mean, I saw a French journalist tweet this morning. Um, uh, obviously, Mbappe had a great final, but it would have been nice if he turned up for the first eighty minutes. <laughs> wow, that's harsh. That's really yeah. harsh. But it did feel like that, though, didn't it? Because when when he started playing, it was like he'd. It was like the first minute of the pitch, first minute of the game, rather. It was absolutely incredible, the speed and the pace at which he played that game. Mm. When he finally arrived, it was spectacular. Mm-hmm. It was like they were all recovering from illness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, Pete Donaldson, Lionel Messi now has ascended into the heavens, according to Argentinians. Yeah, in the same match where you watched Olivier Giroud before he got pulled off, um, just doing one of those like finger on one side of the nostril yeah. sort of thing. So I that's what I remember. tried to take the sexy away from Olivier Giroud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, of course, I mean, Messi uh, will be uh, quite rightly voted as, uh, as, as the greatest. Mm. And you just sort of think on the other side of the coin, how is Cristiano Ronaldo going to feel at this point? Oh. It's lovely stuff, but he he had he had he's had an excellent tournament. A, a tournament, I think everyone sort of came in thinking that he wasn't going to he was going mm. to um, fizzle out a little bit in the group stages. And the way that um, Argentina mm. started this tournament, <laughs> would, would anyone put money down on them uh, uh, getting this far? Arve Renard did Arve the man Renard, who okay. masterminded the defeat of Argentina, their own defeat, of course. In the competition, didn't he say something like, "I still think they'll go on to win this tournament"? Wow! Yeah, and go. he's very seldom wrong, is he, mm. with mm. with all of his decisions? <laughs> but but that, that final pass for the uh, for the second goal was just uh, from Ar- Argentina's second goal. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, it was like the had the pull of an entire planet, sort of to curve that mm. sort of ball. It was just beautiful. One that, of the great World that, Cup that goals. That to me is, uh, I think, 
was it Rory Smith maybe? And I, I agree with him. That will be and should be talked about the, the Carlos Alberto goal mm. for a Brazil in the 1970 World Cup. With the with the with the passing mm. move, of course, which finished off Italy. Mm. I mean, I think it was the fourth, wasn't it, in a four-one win? But I think, the, yeah, I mean, let's okay, let's get into the to the game a bit more. I mean, in the first half, as you say, Argentina, it, it, the way it kind of the scoring went. I was saying to um, Jimmy before we came in, it's like if obviously you're going to be really nervous if you're a supporter of one of these teams, and it almost worked out perfectly. You score after 23 minutes; it's not too early yeah. on the front foot. Um, Messi puts it, and then in th- you get another one before half time, and it's this is actually we're relaxing yeah. into this. Is, 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 but it just seemed all Argentina, France were nowhere, and that that penalty that they w- were given, bit soft, one could argue, but Dembele is, is a proper sort of forwards tackle. Yeah, yeah, I I thought it was soft to be honest at first, um, but um, well, you know. The, I, the referee's played the game, hasn't he? So uh, <laughs> referee is a former footballer. Referee is a former footballer. So what do I know? Yeah, I was surprised it was given. I was so nervous for Messi every time he stepped up. Actually, but mm. I mean, yeah, there was, there was no doubt. I suppose by the end of it, he, he was just absolutely on it, wasn't he? But well, one of the, the things that he's been is the, is the one. That... Indeed, but one of the things he's been criticised for Messi is well, two of the things: not winning the World Cup, so that's been put to bed, and also with his penalty taking. Yeah. Now, of course, he missed one very, very early in the tournament. He's mm. taken a lot since, and he's put them all away, and he changed his style of taking because. In some of the penalties, he's gone up and he's you know he's picked his spot and he's going to smack it there. Whereas I think against Lloris, if you look at both of those penalties, he took one in the shootout, one in normal time. It seemed like he waited for Lloris to move, which shows you the sheer gall and character of, of the man to do that. I, th- I think as well what we really saw with Messi and what was what made it such a great and fitting end to the tournament for him is. I I think it is the journey, not the destination sometimes. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but to me, it felt like he really enjoyed playing in the World Cup semi-final and he really enjoyed playing in the World Cup final. And that's what he deserved. You know, he enjoyed this, Mm, not just just because of the result, because of the process. Mm -hmm. He enjoyed it and you could see him enjoying it far more than he did in... 2014, for example, which obviously ended up in, in, in great disappointment. But I don't think it was just about that. You know, when you saw those Argentinian journalists and people who've known him for like 15, 20 years say mm-hmm. to him after the semi final, thank you for everything you've given. That's the trophy already. You know, one of the journalists said that to him. I thought that was beautiful. And it felt like he accepted that. It felt like he understood that. And that helped him to play so well in those those two games you know the tension bit went with that goal against Mexico I think because you could see just not the joy the relief on his face at that moment mm-hmm. and I, I it felt like it, it all evacuated that because to me when we're talking about does this make Messi the the, the greatest ever to me is an absolutely ridiculous t- suggestion to say that res- the result of one penalty shootout makes him sure. the greatest mm-hmm. or not the greatest if he didn't win this World Cup if he didn't even come close to winning mm-hmm. this World Cup mm-hmm. he's still very much in the conversation for the greatest player of all time and this one tournament doesn't make any difference I don't think this is about judging him. I think this tournament is his reward and it's a reward that he deserves. Actually, one of, one of my friends and colleagues, Nick Stoll, who works for Stan, tweeted this. He said, I'm happy that the person who has made so many millions slash billions of football fans happy is happy. 
Yeah. I think no, that's, I a I very, think that's, a, that, that's that's a really good way of putting it. I yeah, think. and I think that you, you can see he enjoyed it as you say, and I think that this this whole the the way Scaloni has set up Argentina is right. How do we maximise Messi? Because obviously he's not a spring chicken anymore, but he's got an awful lot to give as he's proved mm. time and time again, and he's proved with every game in this tournament. And the way that the squad has 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 bought into that, it is and Scaloni's done a remarkable job to channel all that passion, to channel all that collective will. There was a sense of destiny. I think Jonathan Wilson wrote a piece before the World Cup. He said there's a, they're not a perfect side. You know, if you look at some of the names in the teams and, and who they're playing for, it's not vintage Argentinian stuff mm. as we've come to know in the past. He said, but there is a sense of destiny. And I think that collective will can it can it can push you forward. And and with every win after that Saudi Arabia setback, they're in the dressing room celebrating, even against Mexico yeah. in the next game, where they still yeah. needed to win yeah. to get through the group. Well, they the, were celebrating. They're they enjoying it. It's as we touched on before. They need that adversity, don't yeah. they? I think the, the loss against Saudi Arabia now it is the best thing that could have happened to them when you look in at a how weird it played way. out. It's, it's so, so strange. It's, they, they, they thrive on it. They need it. And actually, you know, it was one of the things Messi was criticised for. Do you remember when, I mean, for those of you who've watched the Messi documentary on, on the BBC recently, you'll be familiar with it, but when Argentina lost those three finals in a row, the public turned on Messi. Yeah, they did. You know, a, a large section of it were, 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 there was a real vitriol towards him and that created the suffering that they need their mm. heroes to go through, really. And this tournament had that in microcosm as well with, with that loss against Saudi Arabia, the missed penalty, the, mm. the way this game turned, as we said. It was like yeah. they had to win that match three times. Yeah. And and that is what they they crave and what and, and what they thrive on. Well, they, it is just magnificent. They never to see do it things simply, Argentinians. You know, they'll tell you that. I mean, and and also, I mean, you know, the state of the country. I mean, inflation is nearly it's ninety two percent. I think. Wow. You know, you, you, obviously the situation here is bad. I'm not getting political, but the situation here is bad. And the situation in Europe, it's nothing compared to over there. And of course, the situation will continue to be bad in a day, in a week, and goodness knows what. But the way this country has come together, you see the scenes in Buenos Aires and so on. They are quite a unique nation in, in some ways. But all of that, everything, Scaloni managed to channel that. And, and as I say, like you saw it after, the, after they won the penalty shootout. There wasn't... Of course there was huge scenes of celebrations, but what was the immediate response? Tears. Yeah. They all looked, they all broke down. Scaloni did. They all they all actually dropped to their knees. Yeah. The re, it was an element of relief before the celebration. And I think that that, that past failures and all the rest of it, I think it was a case of it's now, well, not now or never, because I mean, you know, in four years' time they could still be very strong. But certainly for Messi, here they have possibly the greatest player of all time in their ranks. And for him, it was now or never. As you've mentioned in those three finals, he, he walked away from the national team because of all the crap he took. Mm. They wanted him to be Maradona. And because he'd grown up in Barcelona, essentially, he wasn't Maradona, a very different character, not the emotionally led type that Maradona was and all that kind of stuff. But you saw Messi and the fact against the Netherlands, all the back chat and him calling Vigors, you know, a dummy or whatever mm. he translated yeah. to. They absolutely crave and drink all that stuff absolutely. in. And for him to be delivering and so on, and when they got it, it it's... He he now is you know is is, is as close to immortality as, as a human being can be. You know? I want to see him pissing the bus, dropping the World Cup off. <laughs> <laughs> the old Sergio Ramos, eh? that's, yeah, what, that's yeah. what you want to see. Um, but but it was it was incredible. And and again with regards to the game, you know Argentina that first half was perfect. First to every ball, France was struggling to put passes yeah. together, and you thought to yourself, this is going to peter out. In fact, in the second half, as it went, I mean France don't, made don't two use that subs. Word, please. Peter out. Thank you. Well, we get Peter in. And we have <laughs> but France made two substitutions in the first half. Yeah. Now, I yeah. don't know whether that was because of the effects of the illness or because he thought to himself, you know, we need to press a bit more and we need a bit of energy and Giroud 
he's yeah. had a great tournament, uh, of course. The change that were made did, did help out a heck of a lot, and, and mm. obviously it took a lot longer to to, to see uh, some some goals flying in. But I mean, it 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 needed something, and I think uh, obviously they, they thought it was just going to get away from them if they didn't do something. Well, exactly, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's usually quite embarrassing to be mm. well. It is embarrassing to be brought off in the first half. But Deschamps, he, he thought he needed to. But again, I'm not sure. I, I've not read the quotes, but it, it, that could have been something to do with with, with a couple of the players maybe feeling exhausted because there was an illness and a, and a virus. Yeah. Deschamps said we're not using that as an excuse. He did mention it. It's not going to not affect you though, is it? Well, of course, of course. Um, and uh, but but because of that, the way the second half panned out again, Argentina. It just looked like this is this is it, going through the motions. Almost, going through the it? motions, it felt this, like a, the third game in the, in a group that was sewn up. Totally, yeah. I mean, it was as comprehensive as the semi-final win against Croatia. And you thought to yourself, in, in in terms of team performance, this could be one of the great team performances in a World Cup final. You know, the way that they've 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 dismantled possibly the best or one of the best teams in the tournament, mm. and then of course, um, France get a penalty, and and actually a controversial moment in the game, Andy, the referee has been praised for his performance. However, in France, that's not the case because when Otamendi makes that foul, he should get at least a booking. If he's a judge not to have um, played, tried to play the ball, which one could come to that conclusion, should have been sent off. Yes, that's right. And you're talking about the, the, the divergence of opinion in how the referee's performance was, was viewed. I tend to think in the UK and particularly in England we think if the referee doesn't involve and he lets stuff go he's having a good game that's not actually applying the rules is it and um, (laughs) you know let's be honest Argentina have got away with a lot this tournament Um, and they they certainly did yesterday Uh, how Romero and Paredes have got through that without a few cards I'm I'm really not sure at all Um, and yeah he got a classic 2 out of 10 in Le Keep for uh, those of you who are right? fans, <laughs> uh, for, for those of you who are fans of uh, Le Keep's rather stringent marking uh, <laughs> system, but I, I think you can say it, it didn't really have an uh, effect on the game. I didn't yeah. think it really had an effect on the game. It, it wasn't. Um, I don't know, Andy. I mean, if that was a sending off, Mendy goes, and that's. that's, that's I mean, that game. is a huge talking point, which a lot of people aren't mentioning because of all well, the craziness and because ag- of Messi. Again, so a, a lot of people who watch Manchester City on a regular basis might have said that would be a boost for Argentina at the moment that. Uh, Otamendi <laughs> left the field. I, I think that would be a little harsh because uh, he, he had a decent tournament on the whole. Um, but that that France found that extra level, having looked so lethargic, I thought was amazing. Colo Moani, I, I know people are focusing on the winner that wasn't. I don't mm-hmm. think you can really. It's not Higuain missing a chance in the, the, the 2014 World Cup. It's a brilliant save from Emi Martinez for a, for a start. And the fact that Colo mm. Moani was actually there to miss it. I mean, he turned the game, which is remarkable, really, considering he was, what, probably 35th, 40th pick when you go back six weeks ago. And it's only because mm. they have so many injuries that he got anywhere near there, let alone coming on, breaking the record by scoring so quickly in, in, in the semi-final and then having a massive influence on the final because he did help to to really change things about. I, I think it's it's a great story. I have to cut in, Andy. I, I, for, for me, actually, the moment that I could not stop thinking about after the game, even when I low back at night, was that moment. Colo Moani has the game. He can score the winning goal. Now, I don't necessarily blame him because he, he he hit it very, very well. He's through. But that, to me, I was just like, my goodness. And Emi Martinez, it's the first mention. You know, we're nearly 20 minutes in here. It's the first mention he's got because yeah. what a character and what an important player. That save 
was something else. If yeah. you look at a still of how wide he spread his body, mm. I don't think even Peter Schmeichel in his heyday could have got himself that spread. Um, but he is through on goal in the last seconds of, of extra time. He can win the game and, and he'll think, could I have lobbed it over? Could I have gone other side? Blah, 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 blah. That to me was the moment of the game. That's Emmy so interesting because it was taking me a while to to think about what chance you were thinking of because I wasn't exactly. thinking, of, thinking of that as a chance. Some I'm reports, thinking of that as a save. Some reports have not actually put it in there because of so much yeah. went on. But to me, the game is there. Mm. Uh, yeah. The game's right there. And, and he will have not. On him. I think... Jim, the fact is, he's through on goal. The ball has sat up nicely for him. It's there to be hit. And again, the keeper's made a great save. He will think... Because when it went to penalties, I thought that was France's chance. I thought despite... He didn't even hit it that hard, I think. <laughs> Could have, if he'd have gone for a, uh, a placement rather than power, do you not think that would Yeah, be? well, I, th- I think he did a bit of both. Hence Martinez having to stretch Ooh. so much. But uh, it's, I should really talk more about Martinez in that moment because it is such a stunning save. Yeah. He, he, you know, he made a good save at the end of the Australia game, obviously he saved penalties and so on. But that save, I, I just I have yeah. to take a moment because it was that that is is up there as all the moments Argentina, everything coming together. You need a bit of luck, you need a bit of skill, you need things to go your way, da di da di da, and you need moments of sheer yeah. quality. And that was an unbelievable moment of quality from the goalkeeper. It showed huge character yeah. and, and also huge focus. And I think actually what was extra impressive about Martinez as well. Everyone's saying when it goes to penalties, oh, well, you know, you're back Martinez, etc. Of course, of course they're going to win because they've got Martinez. Yeah. But he's still got to step up and do that. Oh, and he wins. He, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But isn't that so impressive? You, yeah. can, you can absolutely bank on it in mm. a penalty shootout. I mean, the man, the hardest thing in the game, <laughs> you, you like he's essentially worth at least one save. Do you think, what do you think he learned, Jim, 10 years ago when he went on loan and played once or twice for Oxford? Do you think he learned um, probably that, that thing with that his knob things, that he did it on the thing? <laughs> I, think, I think he learned that things can get better. He, he, he learned his that uh, is a remarkable yeah. story. Oxford's a nice town. Lovely, Rotherham less so. So got, I've got a theory here. Go on. Alexis McAllister's obviously had a brilliant World Cup. Played mm. very well in the final. If Neil Mope doesn't injure Bernd Leno, right. Martinez doesn't get his chance. He doesn't end up in the Argentina squad. Yeah. Have Brighton won the World Cup? Maybe. <laughs> I should have specified Oxford United, by the way, because I'm aware there's an Oxford City and I really right. don't want to anger those no. uh, very passionate supporters. Bristol Gate all over again. <laughs> it, indeed, indeed it is. Uh, but the moment Mbappe scored that second goal, I was off and, I, I'm out yeah. of my seat. Brilliant finish. Couldn't believe what I was seeing because, again, the game turned so quickly. And it just was so unlikely. And you think, there he is. Mm. Because that first penalty takes a lot of a lot of bottle because as you say, you're facing Martinez. You've got his hands to it. But it was it was a it was a good penalty in in, in, in the end. But that Mbappe second goal, Jim, my yeah. goodness, I was just I mean, like, I don't know what to do with myself. The only time <laughs> Mbappe looked nervous was after the game. Yeah, like, the composure of him is incredible. Knowing and he had to go up and get his top goal scorer award. Yeah, quite, all, all, all that stuff. But um the thing with Mbappe is what, that we've seen over and over again is he delivers in these moments. Mm. And that's that's a big part of a superstar player. And I think what's going to happen now with this interminable, endless goat debate is that this will <laughs> it will switch. Endless goat. That's my order in like a Turkish restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take or you can, or you I'll can the endless you I'll take the endless goat, goat was please. endless. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that will switch to whether or not Mbappe can match Pele's three World Cups because he's so well-placed mm. to do it. Well, Mbappe has matched Jeff Hurst's record, of course. Absolutely. Of scoring uh, a hat-trick in a World Cup final. Ali McCoy did say, first hat-trick in a World Cup final where all three were over the line. To add to that, <laughs> I would say that it's the first 
first imperfect hat trick in a uh, World yep. Cup final. <laughs> People forget Jeff Hurst was a perfect, perfect hat trick. Yeah. And uh, and it was the first uh, hat trick in a World Cup final um, that where not all from open play. Yes, uh, you know I'm just defending okay, yeah, Sir right. Jeff. I'm, I'm going to move it <laughs> away from England uh, and back Could to you? Mbappe. Like, I think the 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 best players they go through turmoil, don't they? There's mm. always something in these like really really kind of top level players' careers mm. that is that is a setback they then have to overcome. And this has happened for Mbappe here, and I'm sure we'll see him in another final. And that itself might become the pressure now. Like mm-hmm. it. it it might stop being about France and it might become about getting Mbappe more more titles, which I think Argentina has struggled with the, the weight of that pressure for Messi in the past. But it all came together beautifully here where they looked under less pressure uh-huh. for whatever reason. But I mean, the, the scenes of celebration around the world are a bit amazing. I've, I've got some Brazilian friends who were cheering on Argentina genuinely. How really rare is that? Yeah, it was, it was, it was absolutely astonishing. Um, and it was, it was beautiful. And I love that, um, that not just that Di Maria is involved, but scoring Sergio, as well. Scoring. Yeah. Sergio Aguero's on the pitch. With his drums. They, they, they've got Al's, the band back together. How's he getting away with Aguero's that? Aguero's on and the, the drums. Amount, the amount of shit oh, we give on. John Terry. I mean, come on. Well, people were comparing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. I, the circumstances are a little bit different. John John Terry was comparing it, wasn't it? Wasn't he? He said, he said it, <laughs> yeah, he, was. He, right. he, he, he tweeted that if you're going to get on the pitch, you've got to go full boots and shin pads. I, I, I think <laughs> the, the, the thing we have to bring up, though, is... Sergio Aguero was very much part of that Argentina team, was very mm. much part of Messi's yeah. journey. And it was cut short. He would have been in the squad of, if it weren't for he injury. Was, they he was, roomed he was together, in the same they, room, wasn't he, night. the night before? Yeah. Yeah. Do you not think that, like, do you not think that um, Aguero um, uh, uh, bunking up with Messi the night before the World Cup? No. Like, you <laughs> well, need to clarify that. <laughs> no. Uh, you need to. It was in Qatar. <laughs> His lawyers would be busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, the, 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 like, do you not need, like, as much sleep as you could possibly get on the eve of the World I, Cup? I, I and so Joe and having, a good foot massage. And having, and having a, 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 like, a roommate on such an important night Twi- just twitching. seems very He's strange. He's on Twitch. 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 Yeah. There's Messi sleeping. Clarify that. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. What I think is you need to have two hours sleep, watch Home Sweet Home Alone, and eat four boxes of Jaffa cakes before a World Cup final. That's okay, what you okay, need to right. do. Whose yeah, routine okay. was that, Andy? Was that yours? That's what you would do on a sleepover. Oh, it doesn't no. matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, a very specific sleepover that you clearly experienced. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I I seem to remember the last sleepover I did with friends uh, at the age of like fifteen. Uh, we smoked a banana and Thank then goodness. drank some stubbies. <laughs> Thanks goodness you said banana. Um, Guess you out your tree, mate. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Midnight kid. feast. Midnight feast. <laughs> Midnight feast. Midnight feast. Midnight which, feast. Which Sergio Aguero presumably streamed on Twitch, just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, and of course, while that was going on, Emmanuel Macron was doing what only Emmanuel Macron can do: is not quite comforting the players and manager. Yeah, not uh, quite yeah. getting. The he really wanted Mbappe that, that picture, wanted. didn't he? I really could have lived without that. And <laughs> that, yeah. that that is one of the many reasons why mm. um, Mbappe will go on to become the the, the 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 main footballer in the world the the star footballer of the world not just because he's an incredible player but because he refuses to be let himself be used by politics and by advertising and i, I don't think people have really started realizing that yet but if you look over the last couple of months he's had this kind of standoff with the french fa because they he has not taken part in group stuff advertising 
products that he doesn't believe in, including mm -hmm. alcohol, including gambling. And at a moment like that, he doesn't once make eye contact with Macron. He's, he's too smart no. for that. He's like, he's like you're no. not using me in that yeah. way. It's just F I, off, basically. I mean, there was the rumour that Macron involved, uh, called Mbappe and, uh, and kind of essentially begged him to stay at PSG. So, well, I he mean, did, but that's you know. not, that doesn't mean that's the reason that he stayed at PSG, does it? True. True. Yeah, and it may well have just been on his answer phone. <laughs> 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 yeah. um, but yeah, I don't know if you get him on messages. Can you call back? <laughs> uh, I mean, Macron—he he rolled up his sleeves at one point, didn't he? I thought, oh, he means business. <laughs> uh, dear, but yes, uh, I, blimey, chaps. Um, can we yeah. have a word for Gonzalo Montiel, who is we his can. story has been lost in this because he conceded the late penalty, he did, but scored the winning penalty. Yes, and that, yeah. that is going to be lost among um, among all the other narrative. But pretty, what pretty what cool he put Hey, yeah. <laughs> but Argentina though they have fant a fantastic record on penalties in World Cups and I think in World Cups I think only Germany and of course it would have to be Germany beat them have uh, beaten them on a penalty shootout which was in the 2006 World Cup um, of course it, which Germany hosted but you think about the penalty shooters I mean 1990 you remember them beating Yugoslavia and the host Italy uh, and in this competition they've had two and they never look like losing them I mean mm. it's so to, have, to be so dominant in a penalty shootout is, is quite a rare sort of thing. Been but, a few like that in this but tournament. They, but their psyche, Andy, they, 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 they totally accept, didn't they, that those players, we are going to have to suffer. We are going to have to go through moments. We're going to be nervous. We're going to be we're under the cost. We're going to face the goalkeeper's But we're going to have to face the fact penalty shootouts are usually a part of winning a tournament. Right, well, we will be bloody ready. And they didn't look nervous. They were like, right, this is a part of it. And if I need to take a penalty for my country, I bloody well will. And it's them, not us, who are going to have to run 20 yards to get the ball after Emi Martinez throws it away as well. You're that's well. a, 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 a huge part of it. So that, And that's why Jordan Pickford, obviously England have not been so successful in, in, in penalty shootouts, but that's why I know with Pickford, when the ball you know goes in or whatever, he gets the ball and he hands it to the England penalty taker. Now, clearly, you know, it's, it's had limited success, <laughs> you know, but it's true, like Hugo Lloris knows what Emi Martinez is going to do and I thought they might have just sort of galvanised a little bit but it's easy to say of course but I mean Martinez you know he's just never going to lose a penalty shootout is he he won the golden glove I think him um, he was equal with Pickford and, and, and Bono the, the Moroccan keeper with the number of clean sheets um, that he kept but right. I mean you can't deny that man was going to get the glove and then put it on his willy to celebrate yeah. in front of the world we'll come to our notable mad shit predictions <laughs> I don't think any of us will get near that humping, <laughs> humping the trophy do it with the World Cup it looks more like a knob guy <laughs> <laughs> There's no point of insertion. No, though. but I think did he not? I think he did something similar at the Copper America. But anyway, he, did. he felt to, he did. He thought to himself, right, "Okay." But that's again, though, it shows you the the the, 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 the how he's sure like explains it. No, no, true. Detail, yeah, you know? well, I've done it before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that shows you he is on literally the world stage. There is no other stage that can legitimately described as the world stage, and he's on an actual <laughs> stage in front of the ruling powers of that country, in front of the world's media. Blah 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 blah. But he doesn't think like that. All he thinks is, back home in Argentina, yeah. they'll get a kick out of this. Yeah. And my goodness, they would have done. The you photos know. are just magnificent. <laughs> it's he absolutely is just incredible. Acted up, isn't he? He really Like really a little has. boy. I mean, brilliant. You look at his sort of record. Like, what's that? 150 appearances, professional appearances? Yeah. And he's bumming the fucking trophy <laughs> in the World Cup final. The Golden Glove. It's good stuff. I know, eh? There's a, there's a joke in there somewhere, Golden Glove. But, uh, but yes, just... 
he has been such a character and uh, he's been absolutely incredible uh, but, and, and as you said mentioned Di Maria it was his final game in an Argentina shirt he was like it's, it's, you know he finishes off that great move scores one of the great goals of you could argue in World Cup history certainly in terms of finals and he's like I'm done I'm done yeah. whereas Messi's gone Oh, go on then, another round. Come yeah. on, <laughs> get me involved. He wants to do the victory march. Di Maria didn't only leave it all out there. He he left it all on the bench as well afterwards. I mean, you were talking about yeah. the, oh, the, the tears at full time. He was... Well, tears after he scored the goal, Andy. He shows you how emotionally invested they were. He was crying then. He was crying when it was full time at the end of normal time he cried when Messi scored in extra time he cried mm. at the end of extra time before the the, the, the the penalties he really went through it all and you know what the, when, you, when you talk about the Jim talks about the suffering and everything it, it takes to get there you know he's mm. He's put everything into this. I thought he was the best player on the pitch in the in the time that he was on it. And, mm. you know, we can talk about France's substitutions. The bit where mm. he left the game, I, I think, really changed things as well. Maybe he yeah. simply couldn't last any longer because he's not been fit for most of this season and he's not yeah. been fit for, for most of this World Cup. Messi needs him. He's such a great player. And you know what? He is a player who, if you look at the best players of the last 10, 15 years, he's up there. He's, he's totally underrated and he's always great in finals as well Champions League finals Copa del Rey you name it he yeah. has a massive influence on these games no you're absolutely right although maybe Manchester United fans might not agree with you <laughs> I mean come on man like one bad season yeah, but oh, no. I mean, really? No, I've I've been silly, of course. But and another mention for Rodrigo de Paul, who Andy, you and um, David Cartledge were certainly uh, a critical of. But he's he's one of those guys. The old Alf Ramsey adage of you don't pick the best players, you pick the players you need. He had his best game. He had his best game in in, in this final. Oh, what a game to have your best game in! Totally, it, it, a player who perhaps may not get a big move off the back of the World Cup. Do you know what I mean? A player who. Uh, may Might not, not play get a first for... team place off the back of this World Cup. Uh, I- indeed, but a player who has been a crucial cog in the Argentinian machine in this World Cup. It's, it, there's there's no doubt about that. And another one, of course, is uh, Brighton's Alexis McAllister, yeah. who's had a, a brilliant, brilliant time. What a, you know, and just I mean, you could go through the names. You think of Alvarez playing up front or Alvarez playing up front. Yeah. You know, one could be forgiven for not uh, uh, living in this country and not actually knowing he's on the books of Manchester City. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't play that much. Messi was his hero, Graham. Of course, he's and now he's you know just won the World Cup with him. But with regards to Alexis McAllister, we we should say that um, despite the celebrations that are going to go on in Argentina because they're due to fly back there, I think today maybe. My goodness, the reception it'll be like Beatlemania times ten. But McAllister needs to get going because he is due to play Charlton at the Valley in the Carabao Cup on Wednesday night <laughs> yeah, of course yeah. there are there are fixtures looking at the tomorrow big as well I believe well tonight Which we'll be previewing next yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you know if you if you love football and you can't get enough of it after that tonight Wigan versus Sheffield United okay so there we are right let's let's have a quick break Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ramble. somebody's face smash somebody welcome back to the football ramble everybody tell you what Roy Keane looked good for the final didn't he he did little, little soul patch little yeah. tash and soul Ooh patch la combo. la yes he looked like um, someone who may have been a bassist in Smash Mouth <laughs> like it like <laughs> it <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah appropriately enough yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> formed a breakaway group smash knee um, yeah <laughs> now chaps uh, obviously Argentina they they cleaned up with regards to the awards. You know they won well they won the whole damn thing of course, mm. but they won best player was of course Messi, best young player Enzo Fernandez. Didn't mention him for crying out loud. What a tournament he's had. Best goalkeeper Emiliano Martinez. Um, they didn't win all the awards though because the most coveted of them all mm. is the Fair Play Award. And good old England have brought it home. Yes. Who, who hurt you, Marcus? <laughs> England. It was England. It was England. It was England. Yeah. It was England. Also, I mean, uh, there was a little bit of English representation in the final as well because uh, Song 2 by Blur was played after <laughs> right. one of the goals. And uh, I know Luke will be very happy because he's a big fan of Blur, isn't he? Damon Albarn's a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right? speaking of, speaking of Don't start him. <laughs> speaking of Luke's heroes, where was Robbie Williams? Was he around? Oh, God oh, knows. Know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, he's probably yeah. still there. He'd be there for the rest of the month performing uh, for, for whatever you want him to perform. Cleaning um, up. Right. Like, anyway, like the Japanese fans. Indeed. Uh, gentlemen, um, the FA have announced over the weekend that Gareth Southgate will be staying on as England manager for Euro 2024. Um, you know my stance on Southgate and England and so on. I, I'm pleased. Jim, are you pleased? I am pleased, yeah. Um, because... I think consistency is really important at international level, isn't it? And mm -hmm. we've seen many times that that um, fostering a sort of club mentality and a club feeling at international level can be really, really useful. Mm -hmm. And and I think the way to do that is through consistency. And the Euros is only in 18 months. You know, if, yeah. if someone else were to come in, th there's a lot of work to do in a short amount of time there. And the, the squad really like Southgate They're, a lot of them are very vocal all the time about how they want him to stay on and that, that the importance of that cannot be understated now I do understand how um, Southgate the criticism he has is that he can't quite get the better of these these teams. He's maybe mm. not quite as adventurous, but that's been changing. You know, played four three three against against France. It, it was a little bit more adventurous. We're sort of getting towards that. I think the the ability of the players now is better than that than when he took over. So, um, I personally think it, it it makes all the sense in the world to keep him on. Okay, fair enough. Peter, are you happy staying? Yeah, um, but I will say, you know, Germany 
14th of July 2024. He mm. needs to win that tournament. All right, as, you're taking the as, Henry Winter. <laughs> then, as Henry Winter has been constantly yapping on about over Journalist the Journalist Henry Winter, yeah, seemed yeah. very um, punchy in the fact that Gareth Southgate stayed on. I mean, it mm. may... I don't know if it's got anything to do with the fact that, that Gareth Southgate doesn't entertain his mundane and stupid questions at press right. conferences. I don't <laughs> okay. know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Okay. I can't fully say that. Fine. Um, but yes, uh, I mean, look, Andy, what do, you, what do you think about Southgate staying on? I mean, you know, Jim makes his points. I mean, I thought Rio, what Rio Ferdinand said was quite interesting. He said when Southgate's weighing it up, to hand over that team and that squad to somebody else seem would seem quite a difficult thing. But... Yeah, he does have his critics, though, Andy, because if you think about, you know, Morocco and and, and Argentina, the way they played against France, you know, England might look back at that and think, yeah, OK, we can talk about it. You've played well, but they didn't win the game ultimately. And it's, it is ultimately about winning. And Southgate has fallen short a few times. Uh, yeah, uh, that that is true in, in, in terms of results. But the idea that in a series of cup competitions is that the result is the only thing that counts is nonsense. Mm. I mean, are, are we saying because Pep Guardiola hasn't, won the Champions League since 2011 everything that he's done in the Champions League or apart from that is worthless I don't think we are and I don't think we should and what Southgate has done for England has, has been remarkable um, he's raised expectations to an almost unreasonable <clears throat> level <clears throat> I think what he did against France I, I thought was pretty good like like Jim says I think tactically you can see progression mm. I think we I've, I've said we're kind of like turkeys for Christmas we're voting for Christmas when we're talking about luck being involved but it definitely was a, against France uh, they felt they were they were lucky to to, to get through that and you know, I, I, th I think we've talked about the the paucity of alternatives this idea as well that you know if if he doesn't win euro 24 it's just all been a, a, a dreadful failure is is nonsense also i think especially coming off the back of seeing that final seeing what a really decimated by injury france were able to do in this tournament mm. the young players they've been able to blood before they really wanted to i mean mm. I, you, you'd be mad to think england have got <clears throat> a clear run maybe portugal are, are, are liberated post ronaldo post fernando santos so they've got tons of talent as as, as well but then, fernando santos has won the euros he's also won the nations league damn it all yeah if ever you needed an example that you need luck in a tournament well well that's it isn't it you know to, to, <laughs> to, to say that to say that fernando santos's portugal in 2016 was all part of a plan it's, it's just the ultimate judging what happened by the results rather than what actually happened yeah, okay. I mean, I, I look, personally, I think that one of the things that um, one one of the reasons why I think Southgate gets a bit of uh, criticism and oh well, you know, he he should have won a trophy with England by now. I think actually he's suffering due to all the failures that happened way before him because I think we want it so much. I think there is almost a feeling of oh, I just want to see them win it once and then I can yeah. relax when we watch them again in World Cups and Euros, <laughs> which of course is not how it how it works. But I think he is suffering because he's taken England so close, kind of unexpectedly. People are a bit like, oh, but go, go, go on then. But yeah. because, oh, same old story, same old story. Yeah, you think, well, could have and should have are two different things, right? But I think he's suffering due to association with all those other, like nowhere near uh, getting, uh, uh, you know, near winning a, a trophy and so on. But Andy says it doesn't matter if England don't win Euro 2024. If England say go out in the quarters or the semi. No, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. Go on then. What did you say? I I, I didn't I didn't say it doesn't didn't matter. I said you can't expect it. You can't expect to win a cup competition, even if you okay. were clearly the the best squad in it, which is up for debate. 
Yeah. You can't say if you don't win it, it's a failure. You can't say that. And you can't say that everything that England did under Southgate doesn't matter if they don't win Euro 2024. That's that's the difference. All oh, right. OK, so differently worded. So you're saying if, if England fail, if England don't win the Euros, then it can't be, it's not necessarily deemed as a failure. Yeah. So the winning of the Euros might not be the thing that matters. Whereas some people, Jim, will say, well, hang on a minute, that's your, that's your fourth tournament yeah. potentially and actually I think England going into that there will be way more pressure there will be a lot more pressure absolutely um, and I don't think they're going to go into it as favourites though but what is starting to happen is is the squad are being talked up as if they will go into it as favourites mm-hmm. and, I, and I don't think that, that's true at all and um, it's interesting isn't it because there's a lack of nuance starting to appear where people are characterising exactly. his entire tenure as one of failure and I mean it's 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 a thick opinion. And if, <laughs> if that seems like too much of a generalisation and that it lacks nuance, then that should feel familiar to the people that think it. <laughs> it, 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 it he's, you know, he's changed the culture, and we we say that a lot, but but that's meaningful. It and it's very very difficult, absolutely, to change that kind of culture. Yeah, it's not okay. to say that pressure won't be there at the Euros. Absolutely, well, I think you're right. It's going to be the most pressure he's been sure. been under going going into one. But well, well, clearly, a player that he has at his disposal doesn't suffer from any kind of pressure is is Jack Grealish, and an old Grealish. Uh, he's, I I don't even know if he even watched the World Cup final because he he's currently travelling around New York City touring the locations that were were seen in Home Alone. Too. It's just too much. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Nick, po- Nick Pope's played in matches at Newcastle. What? Why is he allowed like another week off? <laughs> yeah. Trippier's back in the squad. What? Yeah. Where, why does Jack Grealish get to go? Maybe they did just lose him, like in Home Alone too. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. He, got, he, he, he got, got on, on the, the wrong, wrong flight, flight home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's happened. That's clearly what's happened. And he's oh, gone. No. This reminds me of something. Oh, that looks familiar. And then off he goes. You see. <laughs> there we are. Yeah. Uh, but there has been a lot of harmony in the England squad. No doubt about that. Uh, and that's and that's helped. I mean, and, and Didier Deschamps have been amazing with with France, especially with injuries and and so on. It's been it's been incredible. Uh, but it doesn't always get you over the line, as we see. Brazil were another one. You know, Chichi is is, is big on on squad harmony. Um, but it's, it's it's weird to even mention Brazil. How kind of it seems so long uh, since they uh, were eliminated from the World Cup. Uh, Richarlison uh, scored some goals at the World Cup. He scored some lovely goals at the World Cup, and he marked his World Cup campaign. Some of you have seen this uh, with a huge tattoo on his back, and the tattoo is of original Ronaldo. You think, well, yeah, that's understandable. Absolute legend of the game, and, and so on. Neymar, you think well, he is one of your teammates. Yeah, it's a slightly bit weird. It's a bit weird, but bit you know, familiar. But one of the greatest players statistically in Brazil history, with the guys the scoring and all the rest of it, mm. and he's got himself in there. <laughs> He's tattoo of yourself. Where do we stand on tattoos of yourself? Uh, is it not not just going to like show the horrors of age? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know. That's what I, it used to be like. I think he's got quite a timeless look. You know, having close cropped hair. I think you're kind of maybe he watched Dorian Gray. Or he's yeah. read Dorian Gray, and he thought oh, maybe this is, is this going to be similar. I could be a footballer forever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Neymar uh, uh, reportedly sent him twenty six thousand pounds to have his face removed. Uh, from it's his so back. weird. What is going on there? I've I, not, Andy, have you got any insight on the falling out between them? I'm, yeah. I'm unfamiliar with well, this. Well, do, do you remember when they were on Twitch before? Uh, mm. Richarlison was invited on, and he accidentally exposed Neymar's phone number to the whole world. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, maybe maybe that's a, a a lingering thing. But maybe he's just a normal person who's completely weirded out by it. Maybe he feels like that man who was 
Uh, Alan Partridge when he was trapped in the superfan time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could be a bit of that. Uh, Rich Allison, just get a family member tattooed on mm. yourself. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I... <laughs> but they are like family, aren't they? They are like yeah. family. Neymar's suddenly pulling the down to earth kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this is why. is a bit much, isn't it? Do you think it? this is why Chi Chi left the job? He's like, I just, I can't deal with that. Yeah. that, that not even I can this. bring this squad yeah. together. Really that. weird. Richarlison could do the funniest thing possible and get Neymar's face removed and have Neymar's sister's face put in there. <laughs> <laughs> that was the boulevard I was walking up earlier, but <laughs> Marcus gave me a blank face. <laughs> oh, dear. oh dear. Well, there we oh, are. Oh dear is the words to be used, I think. Right, everybody. Yeah. Every major tournament, each of us submit our predictions via a top secret email. Uh, well, that is if uh, <laughs> Pete doesn't accidentally CC us all of him, uh, all of us in like he did for the Euros. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Uh, but you didn't do it this time. You've learned. You've yeah, learned from past errors. Well, yeah. in very much in context of this. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so a reminder of the categories that we were predicting. Uh, we went for winner surprise package where England's tournament will end. Top scorer, total goals, total cards and some notable mad shit. Um, so, of course, the winner was Argentina. Uh, so let's go around category by category. Uh, Pete, you've got Andy's predictions in your hand, um, as oh, well yeah. as something else. Jim, uh, you've got Pete's predictions, and you've got mine, and I've got yours, Jim. Uh, so we'll start with chosen winner. Uh, Pete, why don't you kick us off? I'll kick us off with Andy's uh, gone for Brazil, <clears throat> which Brazil. is pretty good, better at the start of the tournament, one would suggest. Mm. It's wrong, though. It is wrong. Sadly, it, it is wrong. Yeah. Andy, what did I go for? Marcus, you went for Brazil. Yeah, well, I knew it would be a South American team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Half so, a point in a way, isn't so it? So right in that regard, yeah. uh, but wrong in, 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 you know, if you want to be harsh about it, it's wrong, yeah. uh, uh, Jim. So Pete went for Spain. Spain. Who did no win. They no, did no they did win. no win. Jim Campbell went for Argentina. Sure did. There he goes. Woo. Well done, Jim. Well done, Jimmy well done, Baby. Jim. Very good. Surprise, surprise package is the next one. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, it's, Mor- it's Morocco. I suppose you could have Croatia, but they were finalists last time. Yeah, I don't think you could have Croatia. I, I, Morocco, which makes I think. Me suggest that you did. No, I didn't. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, Probably like Saudi Arabia well, or a surprise package. You'll have a you? good laugh at mine, Jim. Okay. Don't worry, because yeah. <laughs> I went for Turkey. Uh, <laughs> so clearly, the, the, nothing. The definitive answer is is Morocco. I don't yeah. think that's up for debate, Peter. Uh, Andy went for Denmark. Denmark. Ooh. What an idiot. I they went out the that. first round. That, what huh? an idiot, Andy. The, that was the surprise. Don't you yeah. know that? <laughs> uh, Andy. How can Andy. you go out in the first round with that midfield? As you have also said, Marcus. Yeah, Denmark. I think I've got that one wrong. Yeah, yeah. don't worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. You also <laughs> said Denmark, did you? <laughs> yeah. So uh, Pete went for Serbia. Yeah. Uh, Again. Entertaining. See, I'm, I'm playing to the playing to the crowd here. Marcus isn't going to criticise me. Mitrovic. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, Jim also went for Serbia. Yeah, and uh, they, they disappointed. They, they did disappoint. Uh, next category, of course, is where will England tournaments end? Mm. Pete Donaldson. Uh, S- sorry, England's tournament. Don't curse us with always. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. England's tournament will end in the quarterfinals. Andy went for. Oh, uh, got it right. Well got done. it right, well Andy. Done, Andy, Andy well done, I was yeah. a bit more optimistic, wasn't I? You were. You went for semi-final. Yeah, nice. uh, Jim. Okay. Pete went for quarterfinals. Uh, quarterfinal. And Jim Campbell, you also went for quarterfinals. You were right, chaps. You all thought mm. the France game's coming and we're not going to win that. <laughs> uh, next category is uh, top scorer, which, of course, was killing Mbappe with, with eight goals. Uh, and he went for a Charleston. Uh, he of the tattooed back. Mm. Andy, who did I go for? 
Well, Richarlison made the most money off a teammate in this tournament, at least, yeah. which is uh, surely <laughs> the same thing. Uh, Harry Kane, you went for foolish Harry Kane. of me, foolish of me to go for Harry Kane because you know the, the top score. It's never it's never been one back to back, and uh, it clearly wasn't going to happen this time as well. Yeah. Jim Campbell, uh, Pete, rather unfortunately, you went for Karen Benzema, yes, um, yeah. who was injured early on. You, you sh- I think you should have been able to sub that out personally. Yeah, I, th- I had the opportunity actually, but because I'd already said it on the show, mm. I was like, well, double you know, down, kind of have to double down, really. No, no, no. I, I look, I respect the rules of the game. That's... Oh, Brexit means Brexit, doesn't it? Uh, and Jim, you uh, went for Lionel Messi. Yeah, I was very course, close as well. Which, like Pete and I, also wrong. Uh, when all said and done. Uh, next category is total goals scored. The total goals scored was 172 goals mm. scored at the World Cup, which, uh, you know, not a bad tally. It was certainly a very entertaining World Cup. Um, so yes, 172, and, and incredibly, that's the same amount of caps that Lionel Messi has for Argentina. Mm. I was just checking that, stalling for time. Peter, uh, what have we got here? We have got. Sorry, I've lost it. I've lost it. Mm. Oh my goodness, uh, 195. 195 goals. from 172. Mm, not, too bad, yeah. not, not too bad. That was Andy's prediction. Yeah, it was Andy's prediction. Andy, what did I go for? 161. Ooh, Ooh, unusually pessimistic spells. Austerity. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, Jim, Pete Donaldson. 170. Oh! Hey, very good. If anyone gets closer than that, uh, I'll, I'll get no respect for that. <laughs> Jim Campbell, you went for 152. Mm. So, Pete, the closest there. Very, yep. very impressive, if that is indeed impressive. Total cards, red and yellows. <laughs> and pink, pink and, and green. green. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't not while we're talking about a Qatar World Cup. Oh, right, yeah, sorry. Dangerly close. Do not sing a rainbow. Uh, total cards. 231 was the answer. Okay. Yeah, total cards from Andy. Uh, again, more austerity, 190. 190. 190. Okay. Andy, what did I go for? 207. Oh. Yeah, okay, slightly closer. Pete, again, 225. Blimey. Wowzers. Oh, my giddy aunt, Peter. What? How impressive. Jim went for 298. You Ooh. thought it was going to be... I thought it was going to be, 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 be card happy. Yeah. <laughs> Big old card bath. <laughs> I guess, you know, we've got VAR and stuff. I think that's fair. Indeed. Okay. Um, notable mad shit. We move on to that category which uh, we all have to uh, decide. It's a non-binary category, if you will. Again, non-binary. Don't... Sorry, don't sorry, sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> notable uh, mad shit. Uh, Andy said at least one match being delayed by at least five minutes due to protests. Did we see that? I mean... I think one match was delayed. invasions, didn't we? Did, was there a delay? I don't, I don't know. I can't... I they were pretty quickly sort of dealt with I seem to recall Andy, and, any, Andy any would, you, would you like a, a, a point for that no I, I, I don't think I can claim a, a five minute delay because it was all no. dealt with as you said with brutal efficiency which is yep. more than can you say for all the you can say for all the various VAR interventions in the yep. group stage so fair yep. enough uh, Andy what did I go for uh, Louis Van Hal getting into a war of words with the ruling family of Qatar <laughs> yeah it didn't quite yeah. happen I mean he, he would have done something we would have liked to have seen done. yeah yeah Okay, uh, Jim. Uh, Pete went for more child support woes for Anna Valencia, uh, <laughs> or Jack Grealish serving refreshments at impromptu fan tent orgy. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know that that didn't happen. Uh, Who knows? Oh, we what do because they went out. Yeah, would have, that would have been dealt with very quickly. All those lovely little fan tents. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there we are. Uh, you. <laughs> Jim went for the whole tournament is completely tainted and really difficult to enjoy. I mean, I mean that is a prediction that 
I don't think that's happens. mad. No, I think we very yeah. much expected no, that. Exactly. But fair enough, Jimmy. I mean, you were correct, I suppose, in some ways. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, so we did have uh, other uh, uh, ramblers doing their predictions, such as well, uh, Luke Aaron Moore, who mm. were very upset not to um, to, to for, for you on the show what he predicted. Mm. So we'll put them up on social media because I can't remember mm. what he did predict. I know he got no. top scorer wrong. He right, got okay. top did he, right. So we'll, we'll, yeah, but we'll put them up on uh, on social media <laughs> to see uh, what happens. I think he did predict Argentina. Don't worry, Luke. Won't uh, won't yeah. take that away from you. Well, with regards to us here in the studio, the four of us, uh, Pete, you've come on top. I can die happy, baby. Yeah, <laughs> 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 never knew you cared. Yeah, uh, you got three points there. Three points. How about that? I got zero. Pick Nil up the baton, Luke Muir. Yeah, okay. Well, there we are. Well done, Pete Donson. It's, it, it, it will be remembered of being yours and Messi's World Cup. <laughs> As we have learned, there were 172 goals scored in this World Cup, which is the most ever. That's amazing, the isn't it? The most ever. Did it, it didn't feel like that. Was it just because there was like oh, a, some quite big scoring matches in the... That'll do it. That'll yeah. do it. In, <laughs> in the group stage. In the group stage. I mean, there's some absolute larrapins, but, yeah. but it didn't feel like... Columbo's on a roll here. <laughs> those days where you... Those days where we had those off days where we had those goalless, uh, goalless uh, draws and we were like, oh, come on. Weren't that many of them, was there? It was, I remember it was two huge, in a row. But Did Denmark two... do one? I can't remember. It's been a long month, hasn't it? No, they didn't. They were rubbish. Right. Oh, no, they did. They were, they, yeah, their opening game against Tunisia. <laughs> like, why are you mentioning that? This great game. Denmark, you're Tunisia. trying to sniff out one of the absolute... Denmark, Tunisia. Well, England, USA. Yeah, yeah exactly. A... Thank you. Thank you. But England did contribute to that tally with the six goals against Iran. I want to see the expected goals tally of every World well, Cup. Well, you can find that out yourself. <laughs> okay, well. Uh, expected goals was 173 because of that <laughs> Karo one in the final. Okay, cool, fine. Um, of course, off the pitch, the tournament has been extraordinary in, in other ways. And we, we asked uh, your good selves, your uh, the listeners uh, full-time yesterday on the Football Ramble uh, Twitter, what your feelings were about this this World Cup as you reflected on it, and yeah, it was it was very very interesting. Uh, a, a lot of people mentioned Lionel Messi draped in the bisht by uh, Gianni Infantino and the Emir of Qatar just before he lifted the trophy, and that is a traditional men's cloak that has been worn in the Arab world for thousands of years. Now, if you describe it like that, one could say, oh my, you know, they're saying you know you're worthy of this great honor kind mm. of thing. You can spin it that way, but. A lot of people have not seen it like that, of course. Uh, this World Cup has been tainted. There's no doubt about that. It's been incredibly entertaining, of course. And as you said, Jim, well, the, the, the football teams and, and players and managers kind of did that. But you, you kind of it... got you kind of got to be careful, I think. Me and you were talking about this before, before the show. Like, it, it has slipped over to some slightly sort of distasteful chat, certainly online, about, you know, I mean, culturally, Countries do this all the time in tournaments, in weird little pre-season tournaments. They'll give you something that for winning the something you know ceremonial. something ceremonial, something something like that. I mean, like it's. I, I, I said this before the show. Like, remember when like um, the, the Muslim Chelsea players had to hide in the hide in the bathroom in in the dressing room after Chelsea won the league, yeah. like to not get covered in fucking champagne. Like yeah. you talk about culture clashes, mm. or not clashes, but you know what I mean. You talk about different cultures in certain parts of the world. I mean, like different beliefs. I'm, yeah, and but you know this is part of parcel of a tournament that part of the world. I, so mm. I don't necessarily have a massive deal with, problem with that. But I'm glad there's a a visual reminder. I think. With Messi draped in, it literally mm-hmm. is his boss's court. Yeah, <laughs> like, yep. you know, if he owns he owns Messi, he owns Mbappe, 
he did, you know, they deserve that taint. Yeah. If, you, if, if you're sort of saying it is a taint, well, they, 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 they deserve it. Sorry for saying taint all the time, but, um, but you know, if you, if your boss put, puts a jacket on you, you mm. ask, you ask how mm. high you want the zip. And but you've that's, been that's to an, in, but that's an interesting uh, um, angle on that though, isn't it? Because a lot of the criticism, and I understand that as well, has been that that's going to be an iconic photo. Yeah. Lionel Messi, of all people, lifted every, every picture of anyone lifting a World Cup is iconic, but mm. Messi in particular, mm. um, it, it, it's going to be one for the ages and it is an attempt to own it you know to, to not not just own it but be constantly present and have a reminder that you know yeah Qatar had a world cup we had a brilliant world cup and it's it is essentially the sort of cherry on top of the sports washing project and mm-hmm. they you know they 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 got the world cup to try and improve their reputation on a global scale and 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 this is an attempt at that and and we've seen that well you know Thousands of families are grieving. Yeah. Thousands yeah. and thousands of families are grieve, grieving for this for this World Cup. That is the cost that it's come at, and mm. it's 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 difficult to separate those things. I think. Yeah. For, for for years before, you know, again with Amnesty releasing figures and of of how many people have died and so on, making the World Cup. Yeah, it, it will always be. And as you said, Pete, the, the funny thing is, is when Messi, we we see those photos of Messi lifting that trophy, we will be reminded of it. And it, and mm. but but of course, a, a, a lot of other parts of the world won't won't see it like that. I also think on on the other side of that is that partic- more with Morocco's run really than than with the you know, the, the host nation, yep. the involvement of the Arab world in this World Cup has been a huge positive as well. Oh, it's been fantastic. Yeah, exactly. It is a region that's been neglected. Yeah, it has. And when we talk about Saudi, we, we have to separate the state and the fans because yeah, of course, yeah. they, 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 they are separate. The, the fans, the Saudi fans were one of the, the, the big things of the group stages when when you're out mm. there you know they were they were everywhere they were noisy they brought atmosphere in a place where there wasn't really atmosphere I mean I have to say in the early stages of the, the World Cup contributions made by the Saudi fans and the Japanese fans to stadiums was absolutely huge because it felt really cold and, and part of that is due to the setting you know Qatar is everything was either just built or was still being built you know there was that sense of you know the the sticky back plastic was was still on it everything so to create that atmosphere and it was the second world cup in a row where where you had that because uh, I think if you look at the Russian world cup as well which was awarded in similarly dubious circumstances it was because it was so so far and so expensive for a lot of European fans, it had an impact on the atmosphere. I remember the first match I went to in 2018 was that 3-3 draw between Portugal and Spain. And it had the atmosphere of an exhibition match, despite mm. probably on television being one of the most exciting World Cup matches you could imagine. It wasn't really like that when you were there in Sochi. So to have that point where uh, the Argentinians massively contributed to this as well mm-hmm. and the Mexicans creating that sort of atmosphere making it feel like a, a a World Cup because eventually it did begin to to feel like a World Cup not to detract or draw any attention from all the other mm-hmm. issues that that, that that were real and that, that are still real and are, are really important but I think when we <clears throat> talk about the the bish is it's not a comment on Qatari culture no. or Arab culture. It's a comment on the host nation trying to own the moment, mm-hmm. which should not be the case 
It really shouldn't. Mm. It should be Messi's moment. It should be yeah. Argentina's moment. So it's not cultural disrespect or cultural mm-hmm. misunderstanding or any of that sort of stuff. And we've seen from the 2018 World Cup all this shit that Infantino has peddled about uh, it's, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've got to not isolate nations and we've mm. got to help them improve. <clears throat> well, how's that worked out with Russia exactly? Yeah. Mm. And he has such a personal relationship with Vladimir Putin. Yeah. It couldn't have been closer to him. He was given the Russian order of merit has he given that back has he denounced Putin has he bollocks yeah and I think you're absolutely right Andy and I think that, that Infantino almost goes in for this myth of yeah but we're in charge of football we can change things it's like yeah. no, it's no, just not you true, know what they, the, the, the big difference was they weren't in charge of this World Cup now well, that, FIFA, yeah that's true FIFA, FIFA normally are FIFA in the most unpleasant way possible mm-hmm. impose themselves on host nations mm. don't pay taxes don't give them all the benefits that you really should have yeah. from hosting a, a, a World Cup but this time I think what's been interesting is the Qataris have actually taken it out of FIFA's hands and that has been a very interesting power because FIFA didn't want to be proved wrong. They wanted, they wanted to almost quadruple down on their decision to give Qatar the World Cup, of and, course. And you've got to remember, like, if, you, if you want to get a World Cup done in North Africa or the Middle East, yep. you know, those states, like, you're getting an authoritarian pilot yep. shake them. Like, mm-hmm. you're not... There is no... If you want to give it to a Middle Eastern democracy... Israel, maybe Kuwait, like, and even them look up, look at the issues they have mm-hmm. uh, in their own country. So it's 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 you know. I mean, every country's got issues, but you're you're, you're absolutely right. And I think, but I think I, again, just to football kind of isn't a fucking force for good, is it? It doesn't no. change anything. Well, like, like I said, well, the, you know, the frustrating this... thing is it really could be, couldn't it? But well, just... but the thing is, again, I go back to Argentina. That that win, you'll see the scenes of celebration today and tomorrow are unofficial uh, holidays in Argentina. Mm-hmm. You know, that has united that country for a brief moment. Inflation's not going to go down. The issues that they have around their own domestic football hooliganism, the the incredibly high rates of violent crime and all that yeah. kind of stuff. It's not going to it's not going to change things. The you corruption and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Football as a force for good, in quotes, is now just part of the branding, isn't totally. it? Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's, it's not. Yeah, it, that, that, that's what's happened. But but I, I do want to stress that you know I wasn't on the ground in Qatar. You were, Andy, and you've already talked about how amazing the Saudi Arabian fans are, and of course how, how great were Morocco, and we 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 know this. This is not a comment. And it sometimes can be turned into a comment because of unhelpful dickheads online on both sides of the debate, of course. This is not a comment about we don't want the World Cup to go to an Arab country. We absolutely do. Because, you know, one of, I think, a lot of stereotypes uh, that you have is very welcoming, friendly people, Mm. um, you know, great food. You know, it's a very vivacious, very old culture. Why on earth would you not want the World Cup to experience all that kind of stuff? You know, we, we often see it when the World Cup goes to, whether it be Brazil or, by goodness, in South Africa, you know, the culture reference points and stuff and the Arab world absolutely and in fact I hope you know in, in, in a subsequent World Cup we get to see it again whether it will be Morocco or somebody who hosts the tournament it's not a comment on on, on, on the Arab world it's not a comment on on uh, Muslim countries certainly not it's not a comment on any of it it was a comment on the amount of deaths leading up to the tournament having to spend over 200 billion which just seemed quite wrong the, the, the circumstances and, and the dubiousness of how the tournament was was given to Qatar and so on obviously the LGBT rights which again that wasn't just not answered during the well I mean it was answered in the way that people didn't want it you <laughs> yeah, know people it was, it? people 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 felt um, uh, not able to access that tournament, despite FIFA saying, "Well, we don't want to isolate people." Well, <laughs> that people were isolated in in, mm. in, in, in that World Cup. Sadly, but, but see, that was one of the very good examples of, of of how FIFA wasn't in control of it. Yes, exactly. Mm. They were pass they were passing the message that uh, you know everyone's welcome here, and mm. clearly we saw, obviously, with the the, the late Grant Hall who. who tragically passed during the the tournament trying to get into the stadium wearing a a, a rainbow shirt and being refused Mm -hmm. that 
message wasn't being absorbed on the ground at all. This World Cup has also finished without the one demand that many NGOs and European nations were calling for in the lead-up, which was a compensation fund for the migrant workers and their families who have been exploited and abused in Qatar while building this World Cup. The demand was a fund that at least matched FIFA's $440 million prize money pot for the competing nations, but uh, none has been forthcoming. And before the final, Infantino dodged the question of a compensation fund and simply said, we are defending human rights. We are defending the rights of everyone in the World Cup, which is total shit. They are, they're sticking to the sort of, to yeah. Qatar's party line, aren't they? Yes. And, and essentially denying um, what, what everybody knows, which mm-hmm. is that these, these deaths took place. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame. It would have been a huge, huge thing if, if yeah. FIFA did that. But, um, I mean, you you can never expect too little of FIFA. No. no, indeed. And it's 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 so it's such a shame because this could happen again. Like, I, I think this I'm, is it. This is the sad thing, isn't it? You, it's there's a sense of relief to me that the tournament's over, actually. Yeah. So that this whole sorry mm-hmm. episode is, is, is simply finished and yeah. we I, don't I can, have to think about it anymore. I can do but my ethical contortions them. in the, uh, in Newcastle United instead. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So if, 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 yeah, if the, uh, world cup, which almost certainly at some point will be hosted in China. Well, I, I wonder what the Qataris in particular, but also FIFA will think of their extreme anti-religious laws. Yeah. You know, um, but gentlemen off the field, we've, we've talked about that and all the stuff and, and, and yes, that, that will always be a stain of course. Um, but on the field, there was, you know, a world cup, which in terms of entertainment was one of the best ever. I mean, Russia was a fantastic tournament. Yeah. We, Brazil people, was really good too. We've had a really good run. Sure. But Russia, people were talking about of a certain age, the best since 1982 for yeah. us, maybe the best since, I don't know, maybe 98 or what. I, I don't know the great tournaments, but, but Russia, and then this one seems to have maybe gone even better. To have a final of such quality really, really kind of crowns it, doesn't thing. it? It was, it was a brilliant, brilliant tournament. And, and perhaps part of, perhaps because it took, place partway through a season that gave it a little kind of added boost yeah. the, the, the players were sort of in the rhythm already I guess we'll never really know for sure but um, what we saw on the pitch was fantastic it was yeah I mean Andy the group stages were phenomenal we had a few three threes in there a Boubacar getting his Scooby yeah. goal and a winner against Brazil which was ultimately futile Argentina's group went right to the wire and Poland were just happy to sit back and hope nobody <laughs> else scored in the other game with Mexico I mean it was drama all over it Boubacar did try and warn you and you wouldn't listen would you but <laughs> well, I, I, I think yeah. I think it was always logical that it was going to be in in terms of entertainment on the pitch the best World Cup in, in recent memory because of the fact that as Jim said all the players aren't cooked at the end of 55-60 games you know the best yeah. players <laughs> the best players who weren't past their best could all be their best I think that's yeah. what, what we saw and I think in terms of if, if the World Cup was in at this point in the year for the wrong reason, it was a positive thing for the for the football. And we should look at it again because I don't think um, a World Cup should necessarily run to the rhythm of the European game. It generally does because Absolutely. Europe mm. has all the money. Um, and I think the way that it was fit in was ridiculous because we had Premier League games the week before the World Cup started and we're probably playing Carabao Cup games as you're listening to this, um, which, which is ridiculous. And goodness knows what this second part of the season is, is going to be like. It could very yeah. well be chaotic and it could be the reason that European clubs, the biggest European clubs, double down and never want this to happen ever again. Mm. Unfortunately, it, what it should be is another reason to look at the football schedule, to to look at this intolerable pressure on players, 
physical and mental, this intolerable pressure on fans' time and their money in terms of, of, of mm-hmm. going to games because there simply is too much club football. But unfortunately, yeah. what we've got in Gianni Infantino is someone who has no understanding of that, has no understanding of how the calendar needs to change. And unfortunately, he's going to partly just his demands are going to partly justify club football saying, yeah, we can't be having this. You know, mm. when really everyone needs to give a bit, no one's given yeah. a bit, and, and it's the players and the fans who will end up paying for it, I think. Of course, yeah. Uh, and, and, but also, I mean, look, you're absolutely right. When all said and done, this World Cup belongs to Argentina. We've talked about Qatar, of course, but in terms of football, it belongs to Argentina, it belongs to Lionel Messi, and it, and it just breathtaking stuff. And Argentina as well, with regards to where it is scheduled in the calendar, normally Argentinians are indoors. Well, Okay, it's a little not maybe not as cold in some parts, although it would be in in other parts of Argentina in terms of their climate. But it's their summer, so they're all outside having barbecues and so yeah. on. Which, if they were going to win a World Cup, now would be the one because they can celebrate on the streets as we see um, uh, and whatnot. And and also, I think with regards to your point about Europe, you know, we saw two semi finalists that weren't European. Uh, we saw That's an African really team reach really the semi final, yeah. and that is important because Europe has dominated this this trophy the last time. Uh, a non-European side won it, of course, was 2002 with Brazil. Mm. But since then, I think Argentina have been the only non-European finalists. Wow. Uh, 2014, uh, of course, when they when they lost. Uh, but here they are, and they've and they've done it. And and the scenes of celebration and so on will will live long in the memory, especially for Argentinians, of course. But it was an incredible end to a World Cup um, that we can all agree, mm. everybody. So there we are. It's over. It's done. And the good thing is we only need to wait three and a half years for the next one. <laughs> Normally it's four. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of do like that. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean, Jim. Well, there we are. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. A special episode of On the Continent will be out tomorrow, looking back on this extraordinary World Cup. So more World Cup uh, reviewing for you there. On Wednesday and Thursday, we're bringing you our selection of favourite Ramble moments from the tournament. And then on Friday, it's the Football Ramble's Guide to... Christmas football so make sure you get your ears around that lot there we are Jim thank you very much sir thank you thank you Andy thank you thank you Petey goodbye everyone and thank you everybody see you soon the football ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast creator network